0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John. John chapter 8 is where we'll be spending the majority of our time together today. I love a brand new year. How many of you are thankful for what this new year represents? Has anybody ever needed a fresh start? Anybody ever needed a new beginning? Does anybody need a do-over? Can you say, oh yeah? How many of you are thankful that there are some things of 2023 that are in our past and they'll stay there in Jesus' name? Uh, I love this time of year, stepping into a, a new season. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. So we get to turn the page in a sense. You know, our hope is not in a new year, but our hope is in a God who makes all things new. You see, man can turn the pages of a calendar, but only God can turn someone's heart and life totally around. And I'm believing that for you and your family this year. How many of you have set some goals Okay, three of us. (sighs) Well, maybe you have a word for the year. Okay, all right. Goals. How many of you have goals as it relates to diet? You're going to do something different this year. Yeah, I talked to a guy the other day. He said, man, my goal this year is to lose 10 pounds. So far, I'm doing really well. I just got 15 more to go. (laughs) My man was moving the wrong direction, was he not? How many of you have some goals as it relates to exercise? Maybe a gym membership, or I'm going to work out more. Anybody? Man, what's wrong with you people? What? (laughs) Uh, I I love to work out. It's one of the commitments that I've made, and it's funny because when I leave the house to go to the gym in the morning, I'll stop. i say, Rachel, check me out. Won't you look at me? Because when I come home, You are not going to recognize the man that stands before you. I'm going to be so buff and so swole, you're going to think a stranger has broken into the house." She says, "'Bye." (laughs) And then I come home and I'm like, "'Hey, babe." I start kind of flexing a little bit. Can you tell which body part I worked out today?" She says, "'Your head." (laughs) Because it's so swollen, I'm surprised you can fit it through the door. Sometimes we set goals as it relates to diet, nutrition, exercise, maybe reading the Bible more, maybe getting our finances in order. You know, the truth is you don't develop in a day, but you develop daily, little by little. We're, We're making a commitment to start this new year With God. And how many of you know that when you place God in top priority, everything else begins to line up? It's like the top button on your shirt. If you can line up that top button, every other button falls in place. But when you just start putting things together on your own, how many know you can get things twisted and turned in a hurry? Our word for this year is the word freedom. Somebody say freedom. I love it. That's such a great word. It has so many implications. Rachel and I prayed about this six months ago. God dropped this word in our hearts, and we felt like that God wants this year for our church and for your life to be a year of freedom, a year of breakthrough in every area of your life. Some of you need freedom emotionally. You need freedom mentally. You need freedom financially. You need freedom in a relationship. You need freedom in your heart. God wants us to walk in freedom. Here's a great verse in 2 Corinthians 3. Before I get to John chapter 8 and teach you out of that, I thought this would be a great way to tee up the topic and the word of the year. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. the Bible says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Lord's Spirit is, there is What? Freedom. I often entertain the idea of riding in here on a Sunday morning with my face painted blue, on a horse, with a sword, shouting, freedom! The declaration that God's spirit is here because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Look at what it says in verse 18. All of us reflect the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces. We are becoming, somebody say becoming, we are becoming more like him with ever increasing glory by the Lord's spirit. Can you say amen? I love that word becoming. I want you to circle that word in your Bible. Uh, The word becoming is a beautiful word. I I read that again this week and I thought, you know, the, the, the image of a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. Maybe some of you are are in a cocoon season, and you're feeling squeezed, or maybe you're you're in a dark place where nobody sees you, and yet God is doing a work in you and through you. You may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Let me say this. Don't give up on the person that you're becoming. Don't give up on… Man, you've got a dream. You've got a vision. God's created you with kingdom purpose. Don't settle for anything less than God's very best. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I believe some of you are going to step into a realm that you've never seen before, because God's Spirit is working on you and in you. You are becoming more and more like him. Now, that being said, how many of you know that freedom doesn't come without a fight? We contend for the freedom that Jesus died to give us. And I want you to know that that, that if the Lord has promised you freedom, the devil, the enemy of your soul, is going to do everything within his power to keep you bound. He wants you to be handcuffed, Limited, held back. He wants you to be held hostage to his plan. Uh, You know, the the devil wants to break into your life, break into your family, break into your relationship, and create bondage. How many of you, when when you went to bed last night, you made sure that the front door of your house was shut? Y'all sleeping with your doors open? (laughs) I don't know where you're living, but in my neighborhood, we shut the door. How many of you not only made sure the door was shut, but it was locked? How many of you not only shut the door and locked the door? Do you have a chain or a deadbolt that you've engaged? Yeah. Did you shut the door, lock the door, deadbolt the door, chain the door, and set the alarm? Come on. You got security cameras everywhere, babe. You checking those cameras, man, right there on your phone. You say, well, Mike, I don't have a security or a camera. How many of you got a pit bull? Come on. Talk to me. Why do we go to such extremes? We would never think of going to bed at night and leaving the front door wide open. You know why? Because what's in the house is worth protecting. And I want you to know there's something incredibly valuable that God has placed inside of you. Inside of you is kingdom purpose and the enemy doesn't like it, and he will do everything within his power to find some kind of crack, crevice, open door opportunity to stick his little big toe in. He'll lean in with his knee, throw that shoulder in, put his behind up in there, and break all up in your life. You see, a foothold can become a stronghold when you give the enemy access. Now, I want you to know this the devil is looking for some open doors. You know what we gotta do as believers? We gotta shut the door. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything. Y'all never sang that song growing up? They didn't teach you in VBS, Vacation Bible School. How many of you never heard that song before? Oh. Okay, well here we go. Go something like this. <laughs> I, as a kid, I learned that song. Kind of has that Jamaican type. It'll shut the door, the door, keep out the devil. Ah, shut the door, keep the... Y'all don't, y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know. <sighs> Some of you are clapping your hands because you feel sorry for me. <laughs> Listen, we got to shut the door on the enemy this year. I want you to know your kids are worth protecting. Your spirit is worth protecting, and the devil will do everything within his power to find entrance or access to keep you in bondage. I want to give you five, and you'll see this if you're following along on the app, and there's some notes here. I believe history makers are note takers. I want you to jot down here five open doors that the enemy would love to engage in your life. First is willful sin. When we are disobedient to God's Word, willful sin, deliberate sinning, when we live selfishly and stubbornly that goes against what God has commanded, it's like leaving a window open or leaving the back door cracked. The enemy is looking for habitual, ongoing disobedience so he can set up camp. The second open door that he's looking for is unforgiveness unforgiveness is a big deal even within the life of the believer how many know people will hurt you and sometimes it's it's hard to forgive those that have hurt us but let me let me ask you this, who do you need to forgive this year who do you need to be reconciled to when you canceled the debt of somebody else, somebody that's hurt you. When you release them and forgive them, you shut the door to the enemy. But when you hold on to bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness, the door's wide open. The devil looks for willful sin, unforgiveness, judgments, and vows. That's another open door that the enemy is looking for. You say, Mike, what is that? Sometimes we make vows or or, or we cast judgment in a moment. We say, I'll never be like that. Maybe your dad treated you a certain way and you say, I will never be like that. And then you grow up to be the same to your kids that your dad was to you. Or I'll never let anybody hurt me like that again. And you build these walls of protection, but they create the walls of your prison. You see, the devil's looking for an open door. Willful sin, unforgiveness, judgments and vows, generational influences is another open door. The consequences of the sins committed by those in our family. Sometimes there are generational things that get handed down, and you have a history in your family you don't maybe don't even realize it but it's holding you back and the sins of your your father or your grandfather that have been perpetuated they try to visit you that can be an open door spiritual and emotional trauma spiritual and emotional trauma you say Mike what is that church hurt and, and you know I don't think there's a single person who's ever been to church long enough who has not experienced some sort of church hurt. Sometimes we we get disappointed by leaders and mentors and even pastors. How many of you know pastors don't always say it right? Pastors don't always get it right, and, and, and maybe we've experienced trauma, church hurt, or even abuse, abuse in our family. Maybe it's been physical or, or verbal, even sexual abuse, trauma that we've experienced. Maybe it's a spirit of rejection. These are all doors that the enemy of your soul is knocking on, and if you open that door, he wants to come in and set up darkness so you'll be bound. You know, when we talk about freedom, Declaring freedom. We put it on sweatshirts. We wear it. We, we print it. We, we teach it. We declare it. We've got to contend for the freedom that Jesus died to give. How many of you know that the enemy is not going to give up without a fight? He's not, if you're gaining ground in your relationship with the Lord, then the devil's losing ground. And he's not going to give up without a fight. You've got to fight To be free. You say, Mike, how do I fight? John chapter 8. Here's what I want to teach you out of for the remaining portion of our time together. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus is having a conversation. Some of his disciples are there. Some religious leaders are there. Some of the crowd is listening to him. And he says this in verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said this. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In other words, you're a follower of mine, a true follower of mine, if you hold to the word that I'm giving you. Verse 32, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Can somebody say amen? Amen. He says, you're my disciples if you hold to my teaching, and if you hold to my teaching, you'll know what's true. And there's something beautiful about truth. It has the power to set you free if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, freedom starts with the truth. Freedom starts with truth. You can't walk in freedom and believe a lie. In fact, I'll tell you this, every bondage begins with a lie. If freedom starts with the truth uh, Consider those who are bound. Consider the chains that that some of us carry. Somewhere along the line, we believed a lie from the devil. Every bondage begins with a lie. Uh, Notice in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were created and God placed them in this sinless perfection, this paradise, here came the serpent. And what did the serpent do? He lied to Adam and Eve. In fact, he tried to cast doubt on what God had said. Did God really say not to eat the fruit of that tree? I mean, God doesn't want what's best for you. He wants less for you. In fact, God knows that when you eat that fruit, you'll become as wise as he is. Come on, somebody say lie. Lie. What did that do? That Believing that lie created bondage. They lost the freedom of paradise. And from that day to this day, every bondage that man has experienced is connected to a lie. How many know the devil's a liar? Come on, somebody say it. Say, the devil is a liar. That's all he can do is lie. All he does is lie, 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 no matter what. Got lying on his mind. He can never lie. enough. (laughs) Y'all aren't hearing me. That's terrible. John 8. Look at what he says here. For he was a murderer. Look at verse 44. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. One translation says he speaks his natural language. Whatever comes out of the mouth of the enemy of your soul, it's a lie. Bible says, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Can I take a moment to talk to you about our society just for a couple of minutes? I don't normally do this, but I want you to hear the context in which we are living. Here's what's happening in our society today. We've gotten way off course. I'm telling you, we aren't just one degree. we, We may have started off one degree, but one degree for year upon year upon year upon year upon year gets you way off the intended path. Our society is so off course. You know why? Because we've believed the lies of the enemy. When we don't value life, when we don't value life in the womb, when we don't protect the most vulnerable among us, do you know the Bible never distinguishes between life inside the womb and life outside the womb? It's all valuable to God. God told Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you and I ordained. But our society has gotten so far off course, we don't value life. You know what else? We treat sex as casual. Sex is just experimental. Just anything, love is love. Can I tell you? (laughs) That sounds good, but that ain't God. Love is not love, God is love. And sex was God's gift for a man and a woman within the context of marriage. Oh, listen, our society is trying to redefine marriage. We don't even know male or female, how many genders there are, because we've neglected the truth. I'm not speaking out of anger. But when you neglect the truth of God's Word, you open the door. Come on, somebody. We have opened the door to chaos and confusion. If you're not convinced in the absolute truth and authority of God's Word, you will be a slave to whatever sounds good. And there are a lot of things that sound good, but they're not God. I want you to know that society and culture is trying to reprogram our children. I mean through movies, through music, through social media. Tic-tac (laughs) talk. I don't know what you call it. We had tic-tacks when I grew up. It's (laughs) showing my age. I'll be 50 this year. Lord have mercy. Even the classroom, is tr- there's, it's propaganda everywhere. We've got to prepare our children, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They may have been in Babylon, but Babylon was not in them. And they could face the fiery furnace as stand-up Christians in a bow-down world. I'm here to teach you how to fight this year. I'm here to help you moms and dads and grandparents equip your kids because the world out there is trying to reprogram our children. You see, if every bondage starts with a lie, we got to teach our kids the truth. That's why what we do at the beginning of every year… I love the one-year Bible. I love it. I love it. Do you know… And We have this available at all of our campuses. Some of you need to stop by the café on your way out and pick this up and just jump in. I know it's, it's January 7th. Oh man, I'm seven days behind. Forget about it if you miss a day or two or a couple of weeks, but there's a reading every single day that if we'll invest 15 minutes, 15 minutes, the most dangerous thing you can do this year is to neglect the Word of God because there are thousands of voices that are trying to convince you and your children how to think. The one-year Bible. What if, I thought about this, what if we treated our Bibles like we do our cell phones? Whoa. How many of you, your cell phone woke you up today? Yeah, I did. it. You set an alarm. How many of you, you check it periodically, man? You get ding, ding, updates, bing. Oh, man. We scroll and we see what's happening in the world. Your cell phone can tell you what's happening in the world, but it can't tell you what to do with what's happening in the world. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Some are like, well, I like this pasta. It's a new year, new you. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 45, I will walk in freedom. Somebody say freedom. For I have devoted myself to your commandments. Somebody say devoted. You see, you got to be devoted to the Word of God because truth, the Bible says, can set us free. We're going to get in God's Word 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know, so starting tomorrow, maybe you can't be here at 6 a.m. Man, log on at noon. Man, just take a few minutes out of your day for the next three weeks to dial into the presence of God. You say, Mike, did you say fasting? Yes. How many of you have ever, you ever fasted before? How many of you get hungry when you fast? Yes. I don't fast very well. In fact, I, I get hungry thinking about it right now. I remember an evangelist came to the church years ago and said, if you'll fast for three days, God will give you a vision for your life. Three days later, see the evangelist. He said, well, did you fast? Yes, sir, we fasted. Well, what kind of vision did he give you? I had visions of hamburgers, hot dogs, pizza, <laughs> ice cream. You know what? You're going to get hungry when you fast. But listen, it's eliminating something to add something else that's even better. Man, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the Bible says you'll be filled. Let me give you this last thing too. Not only do we commit to God's word, not only are we going to lean in through prayer and fasting, but you know what? Make a commitment this year to be in God's house. Be in church. Now, being in church is not the cure-all. But if you make a commitment to the house of God, you are in an environment where people like you who struggle, like you, find help like you with the truth that God offers. I wonder if parents would be as committed to their children's spiritual development as they are to their athletic development. I said it. Yes, I did. Now listen, I love sports. We have a sports ministry here at the church. But when you miss church week after week, month after month, travel ball, thank God for it. But listen, moms and dads, don't be surprised when your kids grow up and you've treated church as optional. Don't be surprised if they treat Jesus as unnecessary. If you're committed to your kids' athletic development, what if you applied that same commitment to their spiritual formation? You're making sure they're at the house of God like you make sure they're at practice. Oh, I've paid this registration fee. I'm gonna make sure they have all the equipment that, that's necessary. I'm going to games and sitting in the rain and driving all these miles. Man, we'll make all kinds of investments and then neglect the most important one. The Bible says you'll know truth. Somebody say truth. Verse 33, listen to what they said. They answered Jesus and they said, wait a second. We are Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Verse 34, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Number two, you may be bound and not even know it. You, you, there may be areas of your life that are restricted and held back, and you don't realize it. Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, the Jews. This is 2,000 years ago, and they say, know the truth, the truth will set you. Why, why do we need free? We've never been slaves. <laughs> are you kidding me? They didn't even know their own history. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. God raised up Moses. Notice what Moses did. Moses, he brought them out of slavery. They crossed the Red Sea. Here they are in the wilderness, and guess what? They didn't even like the taste of freedom. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. They were oppressed uh, by the Midianites, by the Philistines. The Assyrians came in in 722 B.C. and conquered them. 538 uh, B.C. the, The Babylonians came in, and now here they are. Jesus is talking to them and the Roman Empire is in control. And they say, we've never been slaves to anybody. Are you kidding me? How many of you have ever gone to a party at a friend's house and maybe you were a little bit late and cars were parked everywhere, there was no space for you, and so you pulled up on the grass? Anybody, y'all don't do that? Well, y'all do it at HPC. I see y'all parking out in the grass all over. <laughs> I love you, I love you, I love it. Find a place, create a space. It don't matter. But you you go in and you have fun at the party, and then you come out, and you didn't realize how wet the ground was. And so you get in to start your car, and you think you're going to pull out, and all you do is spin your tires. You're stuck, and you didn't know it. You see, bondage comes in all different shapes and sizes. Sometimes when we think of bondage, we think of addiction. Addiction. And I know some of you have walked through your bouts with addiction. Some of you have a family member, a friend, walk through uh, alcoholism, uh, drugs, maybe it's pornography, sexual addiction. You know what, those are bondages, but listen, those aren't the only bondages that are out there. Some of you are a slave to fear. The Bible says that God's not given us a spirit of fear. I'm telling you, fear will hold you hostage. Some of you are bound by insecurity anxiety listen for years I was bound by the opinions of other people can I tell you the the, the, if you live to please other people you will constantly be miserable because it's impossible bondage comes in all different shapes and sizes and listen you can't experience freedom without the truth but you'll never seek the truth if you think you're not even bound oh I'm okay listen These religious leaders had become so accustomed to oppression that they didn't even think they needed freedom. I believe God wants to set you free in every area of your life. Uh, Listen to this. Let Let me finish this. Verse 35. Jesus says this. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be what? Oh, this is so good. This is so good. If the Son sets you free, Jesus said a slave who's held captive can't free himself, but if the Son sets you free, as sons and daughters of the Lord, you need to know that Jesus did everything necessary to purchase your freedom. In fact, I'll say this. You can walk in the fullness of what Jesus died to give you. You don't have to be held hostage in any area of your life. Maybe it is a habit. Maybe it is something in your thinking. Maybe it is in a relationship. And There's all different kinds of areas, but if you can identify something that, 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 that the enemy has gotten a hold of, God, I promise you, through Jesus, has the power to set you free. And not just free, free indeed. You say, Mike, what's the difference? Did y'all hear back in October of last year, a juvenile offender from New Orleans, he was at a facility in Lake Charles. Did you hear how he had escaped from that facility and was at large for three weeks? They eventually picked him up in San Antonio. But let me ask you this. For three weeks, was he free? Yeah, he was. But he wasn't free indeed. You see, God doesn't want you living as a runaway, always looking over your shoulder, hoping that your past doesn't catch up with you. Come on now, come on now. God wants to set some of you free from the things of yesterday. Some of you are held hostage by thoughts of your future. You have no hope for the future. There's such fear. You are paralyzed. God says, I want, you, I want to set you free from everything in your past, and I want to set you free to secure your future. You, you don't have to be just free. You can be free indeed. And the best way to experience freedom The free indeed life, you know how it starts? Through salvation and surrender. If you will surrender your life completely to the Lord Jesus, what is it that you're holding on to? You think you're holding on to it. It may be holding on to you. Would you release that today? Would you give it to him today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church.